All right, guys. We're so happy to have you guys today. Thanks for having us. Stoked to be here. I'm so excited. What does your guys' week look like? Ooh, that's a good question. I feel like it really varies week to week, which is why it's kind of fun. Um, But it's also since we both work full time for Sweat and Tell and our next company coming out as well, it's we're kind of autonomous with our time. But just because we have that freedom doesn't mean we're not very, very busy. So I feel like it ranges every day. Um, I feel like a good day is spent between meetings, check ins with Joe, and then a division between brand work, admin work, and um, free time and self-care. I feel like that's kind of a vague answer, but definitely um, a different variation of each thing per day, which is nice. Are you guys just like constantly texting and calling was, each other? Yeah. Or just <laughs> going to say that. Yes. You should see our text threads. It's sick. Do you I guys think have like, to like Well, it's every that? like weekend. I feel like we'll be like, okay, I'll, I'll give her a breather. But totally. it usually doesn't ever last more than like 12 hours. If there's ever like a 48 hour period, we don't chat. I feel like we always text the other one like, Hey, Yo, stranger. <laughs> what you doing? Yeah, I I think though that when we were both working full time and when um even Jax was full time and I or I was full time and Jax was full time with Sweat and Tell, I feel like we would still text so much. Now we do a way better job of just having phone calls though, so mm-hmm. we have more like free time to be able to coordinate that. Um, so that's mm-hmm. been better, but. Our texts are pretty off the charts. So when you guys have your calls, are they scheduled? Like, do you send each other Google invites? Yes. That's so cute. Yeah. I feel like we have scheduled ones and then we have kind of sporadic based on the day when we like will call each other. And you know those calls where you just kind of have it on the phone and there's nothing that's said for like 20 minutes and then you keep talking like that kind of thing. So it's kind of like we're still co-workers in the same room, but we're not. (laughs) Right. It's like it really is a long distance relationship. I remember doing that like a long distance relationship. But we've already been married before with this this first marriage you know right right <laughs> exactly had a practice run wow how do you guys manage like like I think about just like brain dump ideas like if you're going back and forth in text do you guys have a system of like keeping it somewhere so that it's like safe and like you're not going to forget about some brilliant idea you had like texting at 10 o'clock at night or we have a lot of google docs mm, yeah. so I feel yeah. like we'll dump whatever we're like texting about either into a google doc a spreadsheet email like whatever it is I feel like we do a good job of reminding ourselves and having like a, a kind of like resource bank mm-hmm. um to try and keep things organized but we definitely text about a lot of stuff <laughs> yeah yeah I feel like there's definitely some you know noodles that fall through there but we definitely try and keep track of everything um and even in spontaneous conversation when we're having our calls um, we usually have notes going at the same time. So right. we're able to kind of track most things. Wow. It is like a full-time partner in all facets of life. It's, what are your fiancés, what are your fiancés' perception of like your guys's constant connection and like talking and everything else? Has that ever been a conversation? Oh, I feel like Connor oh, loves it. They're, yeah, like <laughs> They're like so proud of us. I feel yeah, like they are yeah. so supportive. It's been interesting to watch it evolve for both of them. I feel like at the beginning, they both definitely were like, cute. Like, this is a passion project. project. They've always been supportive, but they are just like beyond proud and supportive, which is really nice. And I think they also admire like us as 
friends and partners because they understand that it is a lot of work to do that together you know so they they're great honestly I feel like they really admire and this is something that Jackson I've done from the get-go is how we approach everything as a business like even when we had 100 followers like we still had like a business plan like how are we going to execute like what's our what are our short-term and long-term goals and so I think from that uh perspective too they they're really supportive of us but also like admire how we approach the business and how we run it like a business not just like we're social media influencers um so I think that they admire like that I would say is the thing that Connor probably is like wow you guys are crushing it yeah yeah and you guys are so yeah seriously the proof is in the pudding oh my gosh I have a fun sweat and tell anecdote Oh, let's hear yeah. it. Wow. Well, and I kind of alluded to it in like our, our emails back and forth previously, but it was actually a bigger deal than I made it seem like. <laughs> I don't you guys, even know what she's going to say. Well, it's crazy. Like you guys literally shaped my life. <gasps> oh my God. And let me tell you how. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. No, it's crazy. So I, I live, was living on the East Coast when I like first started doing spin and like gr- group fitness in general. And it was like not a great time in my life. And I was like, realizing I was in school for all the wrong things and like all this craziness and I moved back to Orange County and like the only thing I knew for sure was that I had to keep going to spin like I was like I will lose my mind if I don't keep this part of my life and I was like bopping around all over Orange County trying different places and then I found your guys's account and you were posting about the studio that I previously worked at this is the place for spin da 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 whatever and literally based on your guys's recommendation I went there fell in love with it was like I want to teach spin but I'm definitely not ready to teach here (laughs) so I like went to another studio for a little bit like got myself going and that job literally I mean that's why I'm a partner at Moxie that's why like I'm able to quit my job as of next week and be able to do fitness full-time like had I not found that studio and like followed that recommendation and like taken your guys's advice during that like review stage of sweat and tell like I have no idea where I would have ended up if I even would have like stayed in the Costa Mesa Newport area like none of this would have happened so it's like kind of wild that that's amazing yeah I wild. had no idea I'm that so was happy the anecdote we could be such yeah. a positive part of your journey that's I, so exciting I, like love hearing the evolution too because sometimes it can feel like especially during like COVID times it that it could feel like we were just talking to like the abyss we're like right. are we even like giving people value because you're not seeing people face to face and so right. I feel like hearing stories and anecdotes like that is like exactly why we started sweat and tell it's to like help people on their health and fitness career or health and fitness journey and then also like it impacted your career as well which is so yeah cool. and her whole interpersonal life I mean yeah. literally this like podcast wouldn't exist so yeah and like the connection I mean like I met your parents there and like I would it's just everything all of it all of it all of it so thanks guys oh, I tell. love that <laughs> love that so much so like that was early on that was like I don't even know the year 20s 18 does that sound mm-hmm. right when you guys yeah. were still it was like full studio reviews at yeah. that point 2018 so things have like fully evolved yes. it's like a full fully. lifestyle brand now you're launching this other brand can you kind of tell us a bit about like how the brand evolved like when I know you talked a little bit about short-term and long-term goals but like from its early inception of studio reviews to what it is now like what did that process look like yeah so our brand has evolved so much um I would say that it all happened really organically at first when we started back in 2018 because we were working at the same corporate job at Howes. 
post-graduation, we went to college together and we would naturally just try out all these different studios at like three or 4 p.m. because we'd work kind of funky hours and get in early. Um, so Jax and I were like the only ones, you know, out of our friends that were going to work out at 4 p.m. And we try all these different studios in Orange County and really try and get in the groove of like, okay, how do we manage work-life balance? Like it was all new to us. First job post-grad. Um, and then we had both been wanting to start something and we like had come up with ideas without telling each other. And then it ended up just happening and forming. Um, and I think the studio re reviews were very just organic. We would go to a workout right after work, take photos and post it. But then I think as you begin to put yourself out there, people want more, like they want more about your personal life, more about uh, career tips, like what do you guys do for work? Um, and then along with the studio reviews, it's what are you wearing? What are you using for products? What are you eating? And so it really starts to expand and like snowball into like all of a sudden it's a lifestyle brand. And so that's something I feel like that we've really na tried to navigate and like sticking within our niche, but also trying to give our audience like what they want as well. Cause mm -hmm. if there's a demand there, you also want to be able to like fulfill it and, um, you don't want to like negate an area of opportunity. So I think we've definitely evolved into more of a lifestyle brand, but bread and butter is always going to be health and wellness. Yes. And I think also the definitely one of the biggest shift in sweat and tell as a whole is when is honestly during the pandemic and COVID because we weren't able to go to the studios and we really had to expand where we were getting our motivation. Um, and Honestly, I feel like at some point, Joe and I felt like we had lost kind of like the value we were providing. So we had to re re reassess and chat with each other and see like, you know, where we can expand our brand and bring more value to people. And that's where home workouts really became a big part of um, us as well. We were always doing food and recipes and we kind of ramped that up. And so like Joe said, kind of like the full encompassing lifestyle with health, wellness, nutrition, and then just the little things in our life, you know, our home life, our us being engaged and just really making our community feel like they know us and that we're besties with them because that's kind of how we feel. And we want everybody to feel like it's a safe space. Um, and of course, like we stay lighthearted and we go deeper on a lot of topics as well, but it's definitely involved into like a full community. And um, it's pretty cool to have like a second family online you know totally and I feel like you guys have created this community that's so tight-knit and they feel so close to you even though even you two can live thousands of miles away and it's like oh they're best friends we're all best friends but the brand relies so heavily on your personal lives like your fitness routines your travel how do you guys set those boundaries like this is shared versus this is not and this is for us because it's a 24 seven job, like you're kind of never off. Mm -hmm. So how do you guys differentiate what's shared? That's a good question. Do you want to start Joe? Very good question. Yeah, I can go. Um, so we talk this, about this all the time internally. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, we do. And it's something that again, as our brand has evolved, we've really had to like take a pause and reevaluate. Um, because as we have more opportunities, and just more of a workload. Um, it's really easy to fall into this trap of being feeling like you constantly have to produce, especially just with like social media always on. Um, so I think something that I had to at least, I feel like Jack's you too, but I'll speak for myself, um, 
reevaluate is like being able to have more of that structure in my day to day on like, this is what I'm going to produce. This is when I'm going to post it. Even though we do things in real time, I need to have some sort of structure so that I can try to at least have my nights free, my weekends free as much as I can. Um, obviously things will still come up, but I think what's important to me is when I'm out going to a restaurant or even Jax and I are hanging out, I'm doing something social. I'll take photos, but I'll p always post it later. I don't like being on my phone in the moment, like especially with friends and family or just in like having an experience. I don't want to be like glued to my phone. So I think that's something I've really tried to work on. Uh, but it is a very delicate balance. Like it's a gray area on trying to figure out like, do I post this now? Do I not? Um, but I think as our brand has evolved, we have gotten a little bit looser with like what we post on there because people do want to see like my backyard remodel, even though that has nothing to, to do with health and wellness, like people like to see those things. So I think we try to be like conscientious of what people are responding well to also like through like the DMS and comments and like trying to reciprocate. Totally. And I think that like Joe said, we consistently just need to check in with ourselves because as we are growing and changing our needs, wants and privacy, you know, limits do change. Um, I think that we both do a good job too, uh, with our relationships, keeping those more on the private side. Cause I think that's a nice spacer for us. Um, but it's, it's definitely a challenge. And I think having a partner and being able to open up about it, partner as in Joe, <laughs> not like significant <laughs> other, but um and to vent about it and to you know throw things off of each other and see where we can change and not put pressure on the other and I think really sharing and thinking why you're sharing this not feeling like you have to but because you want to it's going to provide value it makes you happy and you think it'll bring other people you know either something to relate to make them happy or you know bring them value so it's just always evolving and checking in and being honest and not posting something just because you feel like you have to more because you feel like you want to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think like on that note, I mean, like Kate said, your brand is so heavily reliant on your personal lives. Has there ever been a time where you feel like just like through the ebbs and flows of life that your day to day maybe didn't look the way that sweat and tell was supposed to look or what your community expected of you? And like, how did you decide, okay, yes, I'm willing to make these changes and sacrifices or like kind of fake it till you make it because this is my business and I have a business to run versus I'm going to allow myself the grace to like have this moment where maybe health and fitness are not at the very forefront of my thoughts right now because there's something else going on or whatever that situation might be. Well, I think what's great about our page is to be honest, like, for sure, there's days that we are not our top, you know, top notch health and fitness game or don't want to post. But what's great about our profile and our community is like, we just say that, you know, we say that we're having a bad mental health day, we say that we need a break, or we don't post and we share that we're taking social media breaks. I feel like being honest about it has been so helpful to have that balance. Um, and also just recognizing with yourself to not put that pressure on yourself during those days. I feel like at the beginning, Joe and I would get way more frazzled about it than we do now, just because we understand that, you know, every single little thing isn't going to make that much of an impact in the long run, your mental health and the stability of your brand as a whole is more important. Um, but I think just being honest about it and talking with each other about it, unless it's like a brand deal that's that's you know programmed even that like 
everything is not 100% a red flag emergency, like Mm -hmm. life's going to be okay. I think that's something we have to remind ourselves. For sure. I think for me, when I felt like my personal life and like sweat and tell were not parallel was when I left my corporate job, like it started to get to a point where I was not like practicing what I was preaching at all. I was absolutely miserable because I did not have any time left in my day. And so I think that was a point where I like had to take a step back and be like, wow, I have this incredible page with Jacqueline that's promoting health, wellness, and balance, like balance at the forefront of everything is like what we preach. Um, And I felt like I wasn't actually like being able to live up to like the things that we advocate for all the time on our page. And so that I would say is probably like the number one thing. I know Jax, you experienced that too when you like left the corporate world. Um, And so I think it's an, it, it was definitely a telling time on like, okay, I think that my values aren't necessarily aligning with where I'm at right now. Um, and I knew I had to make a change. So yeah, you guys do preach balance. And I think that's super evident to anyone that follows you. And it's seen kind of in all aspects, whether it's like nutrition, fitness, travel, whatever it may be. But some somewhere we noticed it was like with the body positivity topic you guys really preach that there's different ways to achieve health and health looks different on everyone and there's different ways to go about it. So why was that so important to you guys to clearly state to your audience and tell them like throughout your entire sweat and tell experience why it's, it looks so different for everyone? Yeah, I feel like our page has always been about just overall having that body positivity language but I think that the landscape of the fitness world too like has luckily shifted um so that's worked in our favor a bit but I think for us we preach just so much about how much um working out exercising and treating your body with like love and respect is ultimately the end goal because that's what's going to make you feel your best live your best life uh, promote longevity and ultimately just help you in the long run so I think that we really just try to focus um even for just our mental health like I really try to not put too much um weight or um energy into my physical appearance because I feel like that can really be a downward spiral and I I oftentimes feel like when I'm doing the workouts that make me feel my best um that are helping like pump those endorphins I'm eating well and I like feel good from the inside out that's when I feel my best, not focusing on like the external factors. So I think we try to preach that just because we truly stand by that and believe it um, and think that it's a much healthier approach to fitness rather than saying like how to get the six pack abs in two weeks uh, before summer, before your vacation. Like I think that we try to approach a much more longer term, like overall approach to fitness. Definitely. I feel like Joe and I, through our long lives, <laughs> we have our late 20s lives. No, we have had some serious lows where we have learned the power of movement. And I think that's been so powerful for overall keeping it in that mindset of gratitude and being able to move your body and how that just helps your everyday mood, uplift your mind, make you feel good. Um, and using it kind of just taking the power back of movement versus using it as a punishment or trying to reach an unattainable standard, taking it back as something that's, you know, a gift that you have, I feel like has been 
so helpful. And we've both seen the effect that it has on our mind, getting us from the simplest things out of a funk to when you're really in a depressed state, how literally going outside for a walk can can help so much. And in the long run, really adding that consistently to your routine can be a game changer for your mental health. So even something so simple like that, I feel like just kind of brought the power back into where, how we view movement as a whole. Yeah. And I think it's such a huge testament to you guys, because realistically, I mean, if you're talking about the world of content creation and trying to make it so that it can sustain your life so that you have, you're able to kind of monetize it in a way that is meaningful in your life. It's so easy to default to this is how you can, like you were saying, get six packs, pick pack abs before summer. This is how you can lose 10 pounds in three months or whatever. And like, that's a sales tactic that unfortunately is extremely effective And you guys probably could profit off of that and you could experience success from that and you're choosing not to and to go about it in a different way. And I think one thing that I've noticed, especially with um, paid partnerships that you have with other companies is like one, it seems like you're very intentional about the companies that you choose to partner with. And two, you're very clear in the messaging that you have that it's not about that weight loss. It's not about how you look in the mirror. So whether it's like with Athletic Greens or with Noon or whatever it is, like how does your what does your partnership vetting process look like? How do you know it's a company that you want to partner with? And how do you go about thinking of ways to like share the benefits and information? with your following well we recently signed with well I guess it's been about half a year now we signed with an agency neon rose and they've been fantastic in bringing partnerships that really align with our values we really laid it all out for them you know what we like what we dislike what we do not want to promote and even if they bring us something that we're slightly off about we we don't do it we just really think that our audience trusts us and that's a responsibility that we're not going to mess up. So why would we promote something that isn't, you know, good for them or something that we truly believe in? Um, And it's also makes the partnerships more fun and easier to do on our end. If we believe in the product and like the product, it just makes sense for us. Um, And so it just takes a little bit of extra work, you know, to vet those. And sometimes you got to say no to the dollar signs, but there's always going to be other ones out there. I really think anybody who is an influencer, it's not that hard to just take a second look and make sure that you're promoting something that long-term you're going to be approved of. And I'm not saying we haven't made any mistakes. Joe and I always laugh about like our first partnership. We were just so eager and green, you know, like wanting to grab it. We're like, let's do it, you know? like janky ass collab like (laughs) like, never again but we were just such eager beavers and so excited that somebody wanted to work with us but you know we learned our value baby and you guys should too don't settle we promote something that you stand for and um, there's plenty of amazing brands to work out work with out there from super small ones to like huge ones because influencers have so much power right now so Mm -hmm. there's a lot of options so make sure that you're doing your research, you know? Yeah. Uh, luckily I feel like a lot of our partnerships, um, actually stem from being really organic. So the brand will see that we're already using the product, wearing it. Um, and so that helps in terms of the agent, like facilitating brand deals. Um, and then if it's products that this doesn't happen too often, but if it's a product that we haven't tried before, like athletic greens, like end of last year, we're like, we are seeing it everywhere. We're definitely interested, but we're not going to commit to this partnership unless we can try it at least for 30 to 60 days. And so 
that's usually what we'll do for newer partnerships um, to make sure that we actually like truly love the product. And I feel like a lot of influencers and creators say like, I love every product I promote. Like we stand by that, like nothing else. Um, and so a lot of our partnerships are longer term and should be at this point, like the brand awareness should already be there because we ultimately want it to be something that is already even familiar to our audience. Right. right. And also something that they're going to benefit from because ultimately they're, you're not going to have that trust factor with them if you're just like hawking all of these different things and then they go buy the skinny tea or whatever For it sure. is and then they end up like getting sick and they're not going to go back to sweat and tell. I was going to totally. say like you guys said earlier that they are you feel like they're your actual friends and you would never recommend something that you've actually never tried totally. or that yeah. you exactly. don't trust to your friends. Yeah. We just... randomly will get texts from our friends be like, do you actually like blah, blah, blah. And I'll be like, yes. Like yes. I, I, we do. I'm not, <laughs> we're not going to be promoting me? something <laughs> if we don't. Yeah. Hello. We post about it every other day. Yeah. <laughs> do you have a discount code? No. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Oh my gosh. That's funny. Do a lot of your friends use your codes? Probably. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Even my family, I went home, um, like a month ago to Seattle and I opened up my parents' fridge. I'm like, mom, you got athletic greens stock. stock. She's like, well, yeah, I had to get the immunity bundle. Obviously. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's so yeah, cute. Our friends and fam love using our codes yeah. for sure. They take advantage of it. It's a huge perk. I just gifted my dad for Father's Day slash his birthday six months of athletic greens. <gasps> wow. Love. Yeah. So that's really exciting. You're for a him. huge wellness gifter. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, because I just think it's the most valuable thing that you can gift. Like, nobody needs more stuff. I <laughs> like, agree. It really What's is. What's your favorite wellness gift that you've ever given? I think that's my favorite AG, one that I yeah. have. Although I am planning, I need to talk to my parents about it to see if they'll actually follow through. But I want to give them, like, a full blood and stool panel at Magnolia Wellness for mm. Christmas this year. I Because just did it. Uh, I think that they could really benefit. Mm. And I think just like from an educational standpoint, they would maybe trust the doctor but more than they trust me because I just like I get a little preachy with my family. Mm -hmm. I try to be good about it like in general, but with my family, I feel a little more comfortable to be like, stop doing that. It's killing you. Um, and Sometimes it's hard to learn from your loved ones. You know? It is. You have no idea. My brother literally comes home with he goes to the gas station for breakfast I like he comes in with a giant naked juice which is like 46 grams of sugar and then ho honest donuts like the little packaged powdered ones no. and I oh, try to God. tell him and he's like it has fruits in it I'm like it's not real fruit no. <laughs> so hard but yeah that's a great gift yeah, I love really my gift. naturopath but I'm not gonna do it if they're not gonna like I need their commitment because it's quite pricey. And I'm like, right. if, yeah. if you're going to follow the advice and you're actually going to have the conversation. So I'm looking forward to that. I think my dad would do it. I'm unsure about my mom. We'll see what she says. Love that. TBD. Yeah. I did get her Symbiotica uh, Magnesium mm. recently. I remember that. Yeah. Not sure if she's using it, but hard to say. <laughs> Felt good about the gift. You're trying. You're trying. You know? Yeah. I'm doing my best. I don't know. <laughs> no. it's, it's working. Yeah. We're, we do what we can around here. So since you guys have established that like credibility factor with your audience, do you have advice for other content creators or aspiring content creators, like actionable advice for them to help build a platform similar to Sweat and Tell where they have real followers that come to them for advice or just someone to look up to? 
Yeah, I would say right now, like based on the landscape of social media in general, people are really looking for others that are able to tell a story. So it doesn't necessarily need to be every piece of content, but I think people want to get to know you on a really like authentic level um, and not have this super, super curated feed, which I feel like we've all known that for a while. Um, But I think with the spike in like usage on TikTok content, I think like I would really recommend to lean, lean in on that and like tailor your content to what some of the trends are, but keep it to your niche as much as you can. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would for sure lean on the video content, um, and making sure that you're just educating people and telling a story. That's what people are looking for. People's attention spans are short. They want to feel like they're getting value from what they're consuming. So for me, I at least feel like the content that I prefer to consume, like I want to get in five to 10 seconds value out of what you're producing. So always at the end of the day, when you're trying to brainstorm, or let's say you're trying to start a new um, fashion blog or fitness blog, whatever it is, make sure that you're delivering value, educating, and then telling a story to your ultimate consumer or audience. Um, I would also say it's really helpful when you get on camera, it can feel uncomfortable at first, um, especially if you have like when we started 10 followers, right? We would always talk like as if we had a million, like just assume the followers are already there um, and practice that like abundance mindset and they will come. That's another sweat and tell anecdote that I have because you posted that recently and it was like right when we started talking about starting a podcast and I was like, Kate, we just have to pretend that we have a million followers. Yeah, like, they will just come. act like it. Yeah. And then it'll happen. It, so that it was fake it until you make it, baby. Honestly. It, it <laughs> That's works. all that life is. Smoke it and is. mirrors. <laughs> it is. And honestly, it's like no one knows what they're doing, right? Like it's like each tier you go up, like whether you're in the corporate world or entrepreneur, self-employed, it's like you start to realize that, you know, most people don't even know what they're doing. They're all faking it. Right. So I know. you just have to like go in be assumptive and have the confidence and it'll come yeah as long as you have a positive attitude and good intention you're gonna be doing fine but it's just you gotta not be afraid to be you might look at it a year from now and be cringing but you gotta start you know what i mean you gotta start and if you're afraid to talk you can do things with text and work your way up to it you know you can start with a plan and just don't give up start with a 30-day challenge or 20 day challenge of posting every day. I think a lot of people get nervous and then they stop when they don't see the results right away. It took us a long time to build up our profile and you hear all the stories about people that skyrocket, you know, overnight and that does happen, but those are outliers, you know, keep working at it and you can reach that success. Don't give up just because it didn't happen in four months or six months, you know, like give it some time and you can really be successful. It's, pretty amazing what social media can do for a business and individually grow as well. I feel like I know what you're about to say too. (laughs) She knew it was coming. (laughs) Was if you're not embarrassed of your launch, you started too late. And I just feel like it's so true. You just got to go for it. Yeah. I love that you said that earlier about your brand deal. It's like you guys are laughing about it, but you should be so proud like that's where you started <laughs> you guys should see early photos of moxie <laughs> it, it it's i like went back if, and deleted in them. a year from now you're not <laughs> like looking back and cringing so at yourself cringe. means that you weren't growing right it's like you don't want to be complacent and be stuck in the same place i honestly got chills when you said that right. because we keep talking about this upcoming launch of yeah. our product and 
it i mean we're like fully bootstrapping this new business from the ground up and it's super overwhelming like we are flying by the seat of our pants we're like are we like in over our heads but um but we're not like we're so excited about it we've worked so hard on it and we've kind of come to this point where we're like you know what like the launch like there's only so much that we can do like we are going to make mistakes and that's something that like Jax has had to remind me too because I'm such like a type a perfectionist that I'm like I want everything to be perfect but it's like it's not going to be like it's never going to be perfect the first go around um so I think that's been something that's been very relevant lately for both of us is like trying to practice that mindset yeah right it's super healthy mindset to have I think Yeah, constant, constant growth. And I think that's like kind of going back to what you're talking in terms of like creating educational content and even on this topic of like constant growth and like moving forward. One thing that you talk a lot about on the page is goal setting. And in particular, and people in the corporate world might be familiar with the term SMART goals, Um, but applying it to your personal life might not be as straightforward or clear for a lot of people. So can you explain the SMART goal strategy and maybe give us an example of how you like smartify a personal goal? Okay, so SMART goals. Um, This is definitely the corporate girl in me talking, um, and I try and bring things that I've learned from my corporate experience to sweat and tell um, and bring value in that sense. But this is something that I started back in January of this year um, in order to create these like attainable, more tangible goals. And so SMART goals are specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. So Basically, what I do is try to fit it more within like our specific niche in a way that's more applicable. So with those goals, try to put them into different buckets. So the ones that I like to use every single month are health and wellness, personal, career, financial, and then social and hobbies, travel. Um, That one's a little bit flexible. But um, basically, what I do is for each one of those buckets, come up with two to three goals that have all five of those components to it in the SMART framework. Um, And what helps is it basically gives you this parameter on how to track your progress. So I can't tell you how many times, you guys have probably seen so many videos, you go on TikTok and it's like your June goals, walk more, work out more, drink more water. I cringe at those because it's like, that (laughs) is like not helpful to yourself. Like I love the intention so much, like drink more water. Absolutely. But like, how much do you want? 64 ounces? Like what, how much, what's more water? Like, so I think the smart goals are really helpful because for like, for me, it's not just writing down something really quick. Each bullet point you actually have to think about if you're going to quantify something, you need to be like, really like be methodical about, okay, if I want to work out more, how much am I working out now? Am I working out one day per week? What's something that's actually like relevant? What's something that I feel like I can actually achieve in the next month? Maybe I increase it to work out three times per week. Um, So that framework has really helped me and I could preach about it all day. (laughs) And yeah, I cannot, the, the like working out more, the more, like I definitely encourage to get out of your vocabulary when it comes to goal setting. Getting specific with it just sets you up for success and it makes you feel more accomplished because you know exactly what the goal is. You can check it off your list and you're going to feel good. If you just have these vague, you know, goals, you're never really going to feel like you really accomplished anything. And for any listeners to Joe, every single month at the beginning of the month, like she said, she sets out these goals and she saves them to our IG and she shares reels of her goals with specific examples. So if you guys need some inspiration, be sure to look at those because they're all saved and have some really good, Mm -hmm. smart 
example. <laughs> I watched them there. Like I saw it and I was like, wow, the, these are so specific. And I didn't know it was based off of the smart like setup. Yeah. And now looking back, I, I watched the one you're on the, on the reformer yeah. doing Pilates. <laughs> I know the exact reel and it's like so specific, but mm-hmm. those are the only way that you can implement it and actually see results. I feel like for sure what you were saying with the more it's a little bit yeah mindless and And go ahead oh I was gonna say I like I really enjoy it like I feel like I geek out on it but I have um a big like giant notepad like an easel pad of paper colorful markers and so I'll like sit down and like really think about it play music hang it up um in my office too so I have it there to look at and then also I think it could be really helpful that when you're like setting up your week or your days and filling out your to-do list or your goals um, for more of a short, short-term, like daily basis, it's like, is what you're doing today going to move the needle with what's on that goal list? And if right. not, then why are you spending, you know, a certain amount of time on it? Right. Because it doesn't obviously align. I feel like that's a hard thing for people in general, but like, especially in early adulthood and independence, like to be honest with yourself and check yourself when your day-to-day actions don't align with what you want your future self and life to look mm-hmm. like and being able to have that honest conversation with yourself of like this is not who I claim to be or who I claim to want to be Mm -hmm. and be able to make those changes and with something like smart goals like like I said it definitely comes from the corporate world and like we all have done it in that setting but to apply it to your life I don't think is something that every person does and Mm -hmm. so for you to like have the forethought to be like hold on like just because I'm not staying in corporate America and I decided that that's not for me doesn't mean I can't pull these like really valuable things into my personal life and make them work for me in a way that like you said is going to move the needle in the direction that I want it yeah it's amazing I'm actually planning. You said the easel thing. And I'm like, I'm going to do it tonight. Let's do it. Watch, Watch me get a giant notepad. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah, you got to get the colorful markers. It is. <laughs> so you obviously, both of you have these personal goals, but day to day, running your own business, owning your own business, it's hard because you have like menial tasks that you have to get done, daily tasks that you two are responsible for. So what strategies do you guys use? Maybe you pulled them from the corporate world also mm-hmm. that keep you guys organized and structured throughout weeks, months, et cetera. Um, well, I think there's a lot of different things. As we already mentioned, we love a Google doc. So <laughs> we definitely that. like to stay organized and we also really like to project our timeline mm-hmm. out um, months in advance. I think that really helps us, whether it's from Um, planning things specifically for promotion for other brands or for our brand or just creative ideas and trips. It really helps us um, to just plan what our content is going to be in general. Um, But the checklist and regular calls, I feel like is the most essential for that. And like we said, you guys really should see how often we are texting and calling each other. Constant communication is key. Um, And we also do definitely have help with um, our agency and with our part-time employee, Kendall, which helps keep us on track a little bit as well. Wow. I have to schedule everything into my day. Like if I'm going to the grocery store, it's in my calendar, which is like, yeah, which is the, again, like corporate just girl in me because I came from having to schedule and everything in order to be able to like have enough time and be efficient and productive. So that's a tool that I've used is Google calendar is my best friend. I schedule everything in, have a sweat and tell calendar, personal calendar. 
Um, I have like a pretty strict morning routine and really try to not go on my phone at all until 8 a.m. Um, so that when I actually sit down, I can start being productive and feel like I've already had time to like dedicate to myself for the day. I'm in the right headspace and can actually start getting into like the deep work. My least favorite thing is feeling like you are so scattered throughout the day and all of a sudden you've spent eight hours being busy and then you like at 5 p.m. are like, but what did I actually do today? Mm -hmm. Like that's the worst feeling. And so I think being able to block things into my calendar, even if it's an hour for emails or two hours for Jax and I to go through partnership stuff, um, I think that's really helpful. And just being able to like look at my calendar and be like, okay, this is what, how I need to attack my day. And like I can see visually like what needs to get done. Um, so that's very helpful to just like block out the noise blinders on. And a big thing too, is just planning your day in advance. We both use our daily planner, which we created and structured specifically for our needs. And literally, even if you don't have, I mean, Joanna and I are advanced when it comes to morning routines. This took a long time to sculpt, but (laughs) for newbies with morning routines, seriously, just start with one thing like using a daily planner taking five minutes to write out your day and having that consistently in your routine, you will be amazed with the change and effect that it will have on your productivity and your overall stress and just feeling of accomplishment just because you did that one little thing Mm -hmm. in the morning and it helps set the mood for the rest of your day. So Mm -hmm. being proactive in very small ways has a huge impact in productivity and staying organized. Mm -hmm. Right. So obviously content creation is a huge part of your guys' day. So can you walk us through when it comes to breakdown, whether it's from highly edited, prepped content, day-to-day content, what it looks like? Yeah, we are. We always joke that we're like the world's worst influencers because we like, (laughs) (laughs) we are so like in real time with our content. Like we have always from the beginning, like we'll be like, all right, let's snap a few photos. Oh yeah, you got 20. Okay, we'll find one in there and we'll post it. Like, I feel like we are very like laissez-faire with our creation strategy. We do have a plan and we know how to execute on it. But I feel like we really try to not have that super curated feed. Like that reel that I made of the goal setting, it was like, I went to Pilates that morning, edited it and it was up in, you know, two hours. So that's the kind of content that I like to consume. And I think that our followers like to consume because it just feels more like real um, and easier to connect to. But yeah, I feel like we just, we don't try to curate too much content. Of course, though, when it comes to like paid content and sponsorships and stuff, we'll like time batch and like have a day to do that. But I feel like at this point we know our brand and what we like to share so so well that it has become more second nature to us. But it definitely like, you know, you had some kinks to figure out what you feel comfortable sharing, what feels natural to you to share. Um, But like Joanna said, um, sorry, I just lost my train of thought there. (laughs) But no, I just feel like at this point, like we kind of passed the humps of when we were feeling overwhelmed with content and trying to overshare, undershare, finding that balance. And once we found that balance of exactly kind of what we really felt confident in sharing and then just our natural daily lives, it became less stressful. And I think like we were saying before, our audience is very, um, 
like they, they just appreciate our honesty, which is really nice. And we feel comfortable being honest with them. So I don't think we feel the pressure to have such a curated feed that we can be more natural in ourselves. And it doesn't feel as forced. It really just feels like we are sharing with friends. So I think that definitely helps a lot. Yeah. And it does feel, I mean, just like from a consumer standpoint that everything is very authentic coming from you guys. And I feel like one thing that happens and I don't follow like a ton of influencers, but I follow enough that like when a new trend is coming or like is kind of coming to the forefront, I can see them all moving in that direction and like Mm -hmm. starting to push that kind of a thing. And I've never seen that with you guys. Like obviously the products, like you were saying, Athletic Greens kind of blew up last year and like people were seeing it all over the place. But in terms of like major fitness trends or wellness trends, like I don't see you guys jumping on bandwagons. Like it feels very authentic and real. So kind of from your perspective, like being in the content creation space, what fitness trends are you seeing and wellness trends in general that you like love and hope stick around forever and that you hate and hope blow over tomorrow? Uh, Body positivity and body like neutrality. I think like that direction that we're going is really fantastic. Um, But there's still the underlying, like everything is just with a different name to it or calling it not a diet, like new, you know what I mean? Like it's all a diet. People still need to read between the lines for a lot of these things. They think because body positivity has become more popular, the diet industry is still fading, but it's, it's not like we still have to be aware of what's going on and fight for health versus, you know, an unhealthy look that um, is unattainable to most. Um, so I think there is still that balance and we have to really make sure that our words, what we use is sensitive to others and make sure that we are still having that positive force in the movement, because although body positivity is, it's growing, we still have a lot of work to do, you know? Specific trends, I would say, Love that. obsessed. <laughs> here, here to stay. I feel like they're not even a trend yeah, at this point. They've like they're arrived. Just, they're here. Um, yeah, we love our ball of bangles. Um, I think one that Jax and I talk about a lot, though, that's very prevalent mm. is the hot girl walk movement. Because um, we've been big fans of the coffee walks for, you know, since the inception of Sweat and Tell. Um, but I think that we really align with the intention behind it of, like, get outside, show yourself, like, you know, taking a 15 minute walk break in the sunshine, looking cute if that makes you feel good. Um, but I think that it's like this ideal, it all, we also have like talked about how it sets this like idealistic perception on like what you should think you have to look like in order to be a fitness girl, which like you don't have to, you know, you don't have to look like that. You don't have to be wearing a matching aloe yoga set in order to like <laughs> be healthy um so I think it's like yeah your fitness like sounds really nice but i like to drink on my walks in a little bit different mm-hmm. of a way than like the hot girl yeah the so hot girl, girl walk is fun so i was a june shine don't get me started on good health <laughs> i love for sure i don't do it enough at all <laughs> excuse do me you? it's kombucha it's good for your gut okay <laughs> it is yeah no i'm, I'm a big fan <laughs> of of the walk trend the best um you know another trend that again, I don't even feel like it's like trend trendy now. I feel like it's just here to stay is like just the discussion around gut health. I feel like that people didn't talk about that when we started sweat and tell gut health, like that wasn't even something that people talked about. I never thought about that. And so I think that's been something, especially this year. 
um, taking like prebiotics, probiotics, and seeing the effect that those have had, at least on like my body um, and how I'm feeling. Um, That's one. I think one that I love is strength training, like just how common knowledge it's becoming for women in particular, just because I feel like for a long time it was so cardio focused for women in the fitness industry. But there seems to be like a much greater understanding these days about the positive effects of strength training, not only for body recomposition or anything else, but just for longevity and for like the health of your muscles and your bones and like your skeletal muscular system and everything else. And I feel like I'm seeing more and more girls strength training and prioritizing that in their routines. And I'm loving that one. I think for a long time, there was also that stigma of like oh it makes you so bulky and i'm like do you know how hard it is to to grow your muscles to get do you know how much you'd have to be eating it's it's crazy and not even just marketing too like that's like when you see something that it's like tone it up that's the same like toning something is the same as strengthening it you're still building muscle you know like it's all the same thing it's right you're not going to build muscle from running on a treadmill for hours right yeah yeah Hundred percent. Okay, so we have some questions from your community. So we're gonna move yes. through those. One that came up was like the differences between you guys in terms of the engagement, wedding planning, etc. process. Like, how would you describe your bride to be personas, and like, how are they similar? How are they different? Ooh. Um. I don't know my bride persona. <laughs> like, are you the bridezilla? Are you so chill? Are you who's chiller? Yeah, I feel like I'm. I'm a little too chill. Yes. About it. Have you started planning? Totally. Totally. <laughs> okay. Totally, great. Totally, okay. Totally. Great. In, in like <laughs> no, like I've done a lot of stuff. I just like. I don't know. I, I, I do have a planner and she's been great and um, I haven't been too stressed about things honestly yet. I, Joe has had some issues that have caused a little bit more stress and I feel like my issues were at the very beginning trying to find um, a venue and then once I did it kind of all fell into place um, and it's been fairly simple. I still kind of keep second guessing my dress and stuff like that but I feel like I'll be a pretty chill bride. I just want everybody to have a good time and I just Mm -hmm. want to marry Dave, you know? So I think it'll be great. I just hope the weather is going to be nice. That's my biggest concern. (laughs) You've been chill for sure. Very chill. Um, I feel like I was super chill, like up until kind of recently because I was just like, you know what? We have plenty of time. I'm hiring a planner. All is good. And I think that I underestimated how much work it still is. Even having a planner, it's a lot of decisions. And so I think I've, I'm, I've been getting, it's not just the wedding. It's like this analysis paralysis and like just decision-making fatigue between, you know, we have like stuff, a lot of big decisions with sweat and tell, a lot of decisions with like, I recently bought a house last year. We're doing the backyard, like so many decisions. And so I think that all of that on top of my plate with wedding planning really started adding up. And so it was like the, a couple of things happened with our venue, um, which ended up being fine. Um, but it felt like it was, you know, the world was yep. ending. Um, <laughs> so I had a little slip up. I might've been bridezilla for like, I don't know, a couple of days, but we're back to being yeah. chill. It can be. So <laughs> when you have, we're like- back to being chill. The roller coaster <laughs> has landed. Um, 
(laughs) (laughs) It can be like when you're in a position like that, obviously like in your personal life, you're making all these decisions for your wedding. You're making these decisions for your brand. Like this now second business that you guys are starting literally like when someone asks you to like go what you want to eat, I feel like it can just send you. You're like, I simply can't decide one more thing. I don't know. Just whatever. I think the the hardest thing for me too at the beginning is when I didn't figure out what the vision for the wedding was. And I just, Joe and I both had this issue. We just like so many different things. And with social media, there is so many examples of different things. And like, I feel like we were changing our mind every second. We had to stop telling each other like what our ideas were because the next time you talk to each other, it'd be something completely different, you know? So once we figured that out, I think things got a lot more calm as well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We talked a little bit about like accountability with your daily routine. So I don't think we'll go over that one. I think people got what they wanted. Um, What does for each of you separately a week of workouts look like? What is your workout split on a regular basis? I recently just changed my workout split because I did a triathlon recently this year. So coming out of that was definitely interesting because I do a lot more cardio training in that than I normally do. Um, so it's kind of a nice relief, honestly, finishing that, but also like motivation wise, it's hard when you don't have something you're working towards. Um, so right now my focus was a lot on low impact. So I've been trying to do, I work out probably five to six days a week and also take that with a grain of salt. Like that's the average, but if I'm not feeling it, I listen to my body, that kind of thing. So, you know, don't put us in a box. That's, that's the average time, but um, I try and do reformer Pilates a couple times a week. I like to do F45, the strength combo days a couple times a week, and then at home workouts uh, with usually runs or walks with those. So a little bit of mix of everything right now. Keep the body guessing, um, keep it interesting, and always checking in and listening if I need to adjust anything. I feel like our splits are pretty similar. Um, I usually will do Pilates twice a week, strength training twice a week, and then I'll incorporate one to two days of cardio-based workouts, not necessarily going on a run, but like a boxing workout. Um, I mean, sometimes I do go on runs now that it's getting nicer. Um, But I feel like Moxie honestly has great classes. Like I did a shred class today, which is kind of like a mix of cardio um, and strength. And so I'll usually work out same as Jack's five to six times per week and then lots of daily walks. Yeah. A healthy split. Yeah, it does. It sounds nice. I feel like splits like that too. You never get bored. Mm-mm. It's like when you wake up, it can get so mundane doing the same exercise like every mm-hmm. day. So it's nice that you guys both switch it up. Yeah. And I have um, like specific times that I like to do my workouts too. So like early mornings, love doing Pilates. And then like usually with strength, I like to either do it like a little bit later in the day or at night. So it helps with like, keeping and things joanna more funny. importantly it matches with our hair washing schedule we do this right wow. <laughs> right when we're gonna shower the and Thursday the less sweaty to extend Sunday's the schedule. longevity of our love exactly yes. yeah. yeah we put a lot of thought into it that's yeah. true <laughs> yeah if you put like a cardio back-to-back it doesn't work Absolutely out. It's not not working. You got to do Pilates a couple days, right. yeah. really get the Mental hair. health, no. physical health, hair health. Right. No cardio on a Monday because then your hair is greasy, you know, the whole rest of the week. So. <laughs> okay. So another one, a fun little question they wanted to know was what was your guys' favorite activewear brand? Ooh, our so favorite activewear brand? You can give us a couple if it's too hard. That is a tough one. 
I at the top of my head, I randomly just thought thought of Viore because I've been wearing them a lot, and their mm -hmm. fabric is so soft. Yeah, but there's so many. Oh my gosh, Viore, L Space, L Space is amazing. We go to Lorna Jane all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, what else? There's a lot of good ones out there. Honestly, Amazon has a lot of good deals okay. as well. Mm -hmm. It's so hard these days. There is just so much out there. And like all of it, not all of it, a lot of it is great quality. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to really put it down. But. I feel like we look for sets that are versatile though. Like we can do, we can wear them to Pilates, but also wear them to strength. Okay. So last thing that came up was kind of like, I mean, there were a few similar questions, like asking about similarities and differences with you guys. Mm -hmm. So I have some, we found some rapid fire, like questions that might be helpful for um, revealing your personalities. Oh my God, fun. <laughs> <laughs> Who is most likely to call in mm -hmm. sick at work to do something fun? You know, not lying to each other. Jacqueline. Yeah, probably me for sure. Yeah. Fastest to have a sarcastic comeback. I mean, that's a, that's a tie, I feel like. With that. <laughs> Who is most likely to answer the phone if you call in the middle of the night? Probably me. Yeah, maybe Jacqueline. Yeah, Joe would Who sleep through that. Like. In her pantry. Me. What was that? Who has the best snacks in their pantry? Oh, Joe for sure. A snacker. Who is most likely to say something awkward to a significant other's parents? <laughs> me, probably. <laughs> but like, but like in a funny way. <laughs> yeah, word vomit. <laughs> Who is most likely to accidentally reply all to an email with something that shouldn't be shared with all? Probably me. <laughs> that's, that's probably you, because you, she, Joe moves super speed on the computer. No, yeah. I do. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. Who's most likely to have forty tabs open at once? Jacqueline. Me for sure. More like more like three hundred and twelve. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> computer crash. <laughs> Who is most likely to be able to troubleshoot a tech issue? Joe. Mm, yeah. yeah, you're more techie. Who is most likely to give the best secret Santa gift? Jacqueline. Me, probably, yeah. Wow, guys, that was so fun. Thank oh you. my gosh, so much fun. Wow, that flew by. Thank you guys so much. This is great. All right. Have Talk a beautiful us. rest of your day. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.